I've got a hunger Twisting my stomach into knots That my tongue is tied off Welcome to We Have the Facts, Two Idiots Guide to Nothing, because Justin and I aren't on this episode. I'm not your host, Ali Abdulsif, and with me, as always, is not my co-host, Justin Tachi. Hey, Justin. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, so this is a weird episode. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to explain it, Ali? Yeah, so Justin and I have gotten lazier with time, and we've decided to outsource the podcast from now on. And part of outsourcing the podcast includes having uh, two of our friends talk about a topic they want to talk about, which is Bad Bunny. So if you're on the episode for Bad Bunny, you can skip like three minutes and just jump into that episode. Or if you're uh, a regular of this show, uh, Justin and I are going to do a quick intro and then transition right into them. And Justin, tell them who our uh, hosts are for today. Our hosts today are our friend uh, George Andrews, who's been on the show a couple times, and my roommate, and uh, at one time Ali's roommate when we all lived together, and our other friend, uh, Erica Navarre, who has actually been on the podcast as well for our plans episode. Oh no, our Narrow, Narrow Stairs, Stairs episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, but yeah, so they have a mutual love for reggaeton. Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand it, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> And uh, so they're they're like Ali said, we're lazy now, mm-hmm. and uh, and just we're just letting the show be what it is, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like usually at the top of the episode when one of us isn't on the episode or something like that, we go, oh well, what do you think of the artist? Because you didn't get to give your thoughts, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on Bad Bunny. Uh, it's just it's just Spanish rap, which I don't necessarily dislike, but. I mean, reggaeton kind of all sounds the same, so I don't think there's really a lot like of nuance. I, I feel like how I'm going to explain reggaeton. I mean, to be fair, I feel like it's kind of like how when you didn't want to be on Bright Eyes because you didn't have anything nuanced to say about it. Well, that's kind of how I feel about reggaeton. Exactly. I feel the exact same <laughs> way about this. Like, I listen to them because I do all the audio editing for the show, so I've already edited this episode, and... I was like, oh, okay. Like, I feel like I could be like, I like this one. I don't like this one. But that's pretty much all I can say about those songs. Is I'm like, oh, this is a cool beat. I don't like this beat. Next. Yeah. I don't. I'm good. Yeah. Um, But if you are a reggaeton fan and you might also be into some indie music, check out our catalog. We've done a lot of cool other bands that are not Bad Bunny that uh, might be weird for your world. But try them out anyway. Yeah. For instance, cut to the episode we just did in the past was not death cab or the national and that was bright eyes so that's a little bit more in line um we can't promise that the next episode will be something that's indie as well because apparently we're just lazy and just giving the show we're pretty much taking the show to the streets in our mass in our face masks and just saying who wants to be on it yep exactly i also um i feel like their show so like they did like this episode which at the end of it kind of ended up being like a little bit heartfelt because George is leaving Boston and Erica staying here. And it has very reminiscent touches of when we started the show and I was leaving Boston and you were staying here. And That's I'm like, fair. Maybe it's just their show now. I don't know. I mean, maybe we have the facts has we have outgrown. Or maybe we've just grown apart. We have I think the show has outgrown us. I think that's the better way to put it. The show has outgrown us. We're we're not the host of the show. The show is its own host. That's that's the thing. And the show the show has decided to manifest itself in our good friend George Andrews. And 
<laughs> and our other good friend, Erica Navarre. Yes. And also, I think Erica is like kind of the best cross section because she is she's very much like a sad indie music uh, type of, of person like we are. So she loves that, that kind of world, but also is into this like pop fun world. So maybe it brings a new flavor to the podcast. I don't know. You guys listen. Tell us what you think about their episode uh, and share the love with them online. Also, to be fair, there is one thing I will say. I just have to interject here. Mm-hmm. Um, I did ask Erica before she recorded the episode how she felt about not being bullied on the podcast. Because if you've listened back to the Narrow Stairs episode, I, I bullied Erica a lot on that on that episode. And some of the bullying even had to get taken out. So she said it was freeing <laughs> for those who wonder. Uh, my my single uh, note about this episode is because they did not do any of their own audio editing, they didn't input the songs themselves while they were recording. So they were just talking about the track and then pausing and then coming back in. So every time they intro into a song, they're going to say, and now listen here, or now listen to this, or something like that. It's a repeated phrase that is very weird. And I think they thought that's how I was finding those edit points, but it wasn't. So it's going to be a repetitive intro into songs. All I got to say is they're very much the, – the, the, the show has not shown them how to host it yet. <laughs> See, the show, the show sat us down. When we, when we sat down, we have the facts, told us how the podcast was going to become. So – because to be fair, even in on my episodes when I'm doing it with the guests, we still get the music in. So – but the, the show sat me down. But like <laughs> we said, the, sh- the show has outgrown us. Yep. So uh, listen to this episode. I hope you like them as much as you uh, like our show, or probably better, because I feel like no one really likes our show. Um, That's fair. We are garbage. And send them your love. Let them know online. Uh, comment. Do all the stuff. Uh, we have the facts pod at gmail.com, at the facts pod, Twitter, Instagram. You know the drill. Yep. All right. Enjoy. All right. Yep. And this is George's intro. Hello, and welcome to We Have the Facts Special Quarantine Edition. I'm your substitute co-host, George Andrews, and with me on this very bright and sunny Easter afternoon is the one, the only, Erica Navarre. Hi, Erica. Hi, George. How are you doing this Easter? so good. I mean, I think we'd be better if, you know, circumstances were a little different. You know, like this time last year, I was already cooking up a storm and you guys were on your way over for Easter dinner. But you know what? It's fine. The sun is shining. We're here doing the pod. I'm excited. Yes, we've got cocktails. We're ready to go. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Um, For those listeners at home, I'm having a very delicious homemade daiquiri. And Erica, what are you drinking? Just your casual Sunday brunch mimosa. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So for those listeners who, you know, maybe haven't been around in a while or who are new to the pod, Erica and I are not the normal co-hosts, but your very gracious regular hosts, Ali and Justin, were kind enough to offer us up our very own episode. Yes, so thrilled to be able to talk without interruption or being bullied. Absolutely. I mean, you know what? Sad girls are going to cry, but... You know, not today. And you know what? We're here to talk. Yes, no, not today. And we're here to talk about our resident urban music sad boy. So I think it's only fitting that the sad girl be on this one. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you are our expert. 
Um, but you know, let's let's give the people a little context. So it's April 2020, as you probably guess, since it's Easter. You know, the world is sort of in the like in the thick of COVID-19, huge global pandemic, everything's shut down. And like, you know, what do you need during these kinds of turbulent times except some good music, some good quarantunes, tunes, if you will. Oh, so <laughs> bad jokes <laughs> and all. But, you know, Erica and I are here to give the people what they want. And today we're going to be talking about one of our very favorite artists, Bad Bunny. Yes. Yes. Bad Bunny is definitely a very important artist to us both. And I guess sort of just to like kick us Mm -hmm. off, Erica, can you share with the listeners, you know, how you came to know Bad Bunny? Like, you know, what he's all about for you? You know, just just give us the lowdown. Yeah, so I kind of dove into the Bad Bunny situation, initially hearing him um, feature on J Balvin songs and just other Latin artists' music, as is very common in the Latin reggaeton urban scene. Collaboration is important, and uh, Bad Bunny is very open to collaborating with his friends and all of his future um, stars in the Latin world. He's very good at featuring artists that aren't as big as him or are still building their platform. And he is always out there, you know, lending a hand to not just musicians, but his people. He's a Puerto Rican artist. And he even um, took a break from his tour to go and protest in Puerto Rico when things were a bit tumultuous with the government there. So I, I find him a very just passionate musician Um, I mean, he likes to mess around like everyone else, but he's very, to me at least, very modern, very hip, very in his feelings a bit. Um, Yeah, and he's just he's just a good vibe for me all around. I mean, who doesn't love a man with a message, right? I mean, definitely for me, I think I sort of came into Bad Bunny. You know what? It's, you know, like later in the latter half of the 2010s, he really like came up, I think. His breakout single was maybe in 2016 and sort of during that time, right, this was like the most recent wave of Urbano music and like Latin trap was becoming a thing and reggaeton was really like taking over as it was, right, you know, sort of like third wave reggaeton. And I think really for me, like what cemented Bad Bunny and made me like just hone in and say because you know sometimes when you're listening to these big ensemble tracks like people sort of like either fade into the background or sort of blend together like the moment where he really popped for me was during the sensualidad video i don't know if this did anything for you but like as soon as i saw that video and heard that song i was like who is this guy i've never seen him before i've never heard him before like i want to know what he's all about he has a really unique style both, you know, in his dress and his music. And it just, you know, it it made me want to know more. Yeah. And I think that song in general, especially that video too, I feel like it's very, you know, big, it's a very big part of our friendship. And whenever that song comes on or wherever we're together, we make sure that that song plays. And it's always part of like every pregame, whenever we see, you know, when we saw Bad Bunny live, we, we were hoping and praying for that song. When we saw Jay Balvin live, we were hoping and praying for that song. Um, and it was really great to see how each artist took their own liberties with, you know, the artists that weren't at the show with their verses. Um, 
And that video in general is such a big collaboration among uh, Latin artists of, you know, different generations, too. I mean, um, J-Pod is pretty relevant. Yeah, and genres. Um, but the style, just the style differences between each artist in the video is so wild. And yet you see them kind of coming together and doing this giant hit um, was really great. Yeah, I think that was really exciting for both of us. And, you know, the other thing is like, you know, you mentioned Jay Badvin and sort, you know, they're sort of like these musical stylistic brothers, right? So they came together, you know, maybe a year or so after that and put out a joint album called Oasis, um, which we both love. But sort of just to, yes. to tie that all in together, like as really as like Bad Bunny and Jay Badvin's like, you know, professional friendship and collaboration grew. I mean, I feel like our friendship has grown, grown stronger, you know, along that timeline, really. Yeah, agreed. And they, especially with that joint album, they've really embraced the big value in the Latin, um, among Latin communities, which is community. It's, you know, regardless of what country you're from or what your background is, we're coming together under one, um, you know, unanimous cause and just having a good time and putting it out there and showing love and um, just really being a united force. Absolutely. Yeah. I think really the takeaway here is that both of them and really just like this whole Urbano music movement in general in music right now is it's about having fun. It's about coming together. It's about like blurring those old traditional cultural lines, right? Like you know, 15, 20 years ago, like you wouldn't have seen like Colombians and Puerto Ricans hanging out like maybe ever. Right. Yeah. You know, those lines were much more, much more solid. And I think now what's really exciting, you know, partially because of the Internet, partially because of things that are happening in this country and really, you know, music specifically, right, the emergence of Colombia as a huge force in mm -hmm. Urbano music is, you know, it's, it's really exciting because we're having more cross, you know, cross-cultural collaboration within Latin American music. And I mean, we're just having more fun. And isn't that what it's all about? Exactly. And it's really great to see this giant, um, you know, Latin community coming together and just doing all of these kinds of different um, musical collaborations. Because, um, I mean, people who aren't part of the Latin community might just assume that because you're all Hispanic, you all kind of get along, you're all very similar culturally, and you have all these similarities that, you know, as a member of the Latin community, you don't always identify with um, in terms of like, you know, someone from like Puerto Rico or someone from the Dominican or someone from Colombia. Like there are differences and, you know, these countries all have their storied past and there are tensions among certain countries and seeing, you know, people put all of that aside and coming together just because you like this other artist vibe or you like their sound and just being like hey like i you know don't really care what's going on i like your music let's do something together yeah and i find that super exciting especially coming from outside the latin community um you know just growing up i mean my first like exposure to urbano and reggaeton in general was probably i mean a lot of white kids had this same experience but Daddy Yankee's Gasolina was like a huge crossover success. I mean, I knew like I knew about Latin music before. Right. But it was it was different. Right. It was your Shakira. It was your Enrique Iglesias. 
you know, it was your like more like Tejano Ranchero, you know, that you'd hear maybe like if you went to a Mexican restaurant with your parents or something. But there wasn't like a lot of variety. And really that first wave of reggaeton crossover in the early 2000s and then the second and third waves coming in the later 2000s and early like early to mid 2010s, you know, with Don Omar and Danza Kuduro and, you know, just new really like those, all those new stars coming up really, you know, helped me to, I mean, I was able to, I was able to learn a lot about the Latin community. What, like I grew up in Massachusetts, you know, the only Latinos I knew were Puerto Rican and like maybe like if you were lucky, you knew like one Dominican person, right. If you weren't from Boston. So, you know, there's definitely like a lot of, you know, lack of, lack of diversity there and not really being that open to the world. But as soon as you know, that music came into the forefront and joined the mainstream, you really get to like learn a lot more and see that collaboration and that cross-cultural exchange. And it's super, super exciting. Yeah, it's super great. And even as like a member of the, you know, Latin community and having grown up in Southern California, where there's just like so many, um, largely Mexican Americans and just Mexicans, um, it's, I didn't really get too much of a Latin music education. Like you mentioned, it was a lot of like ranchero norteño music that my parents would listen to, um, as well as, you know, all of these artists, like you mentioned Shakira and Enrique Iglesias, but that was them singing in English for the most part. Like their hits didn't really hit until they re-recorded them in English. And I, not knowing that there was like a really Spanish version because my parents only listened to ranchero music, I kind of had to explore the urban, like the actual Spanish versions of all of that and dive into the Spanish um, music movement on my own. And Gasolina was a big, you know, trigger point. And it really has continued. Like that song comes on and everybody still jams out. It doesn't matter where you're from, what your background is. The club goes wild. Like The whole Daddy world Yankee, knows that song. Yes, everybody, everybody. Like there's not a soul that like doesn't hear those and you're just like, all right, not jump. Like you're bumping. Like that's how it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it's, it, it's, go ahead. No, I mean, I was just going to, you know, cut in to say, you know, it's like a, it's become a huge cultural touch point. Like I've met so many people who will say like, oh, like what's reggaeton? Like, you know, I don't know any Latin music. I don't know any Spanish music. Like, I don't know any of that. And as soon as you say like, hey, do you remember when you were in grade school and there was that song Gasolina and immediately, no matter who it is, no matter like what part of the world they're from, they go, oh, yeah, like that song. Yeah, 100 percent. Of course, I know that song. Who doesn't know that song? And, you know, you're sort of like, yeah, well, you know, like that's what I get on. Like, so you do know. Yeah. Yeah, you do know. And it's like it's kind of a similar at least this music for me is very much a similar like oh, my parents don't really approve of it. Like, not that that's the reason I'm listening to it, but it's really funny as an adult, like getting into this music and playing it in front of my parents and my mom just like rolling her eyes at like all of the swear words or the mentions of alcohol or drugs. But then it's like, she's only listening to those words. She's not listening to the deeper meaning that kind of lies within the songs that like is embedded in a lot of these experiences that, you know, people our age have had with, you know, experiences where you know you've had too much to drink or you're kind of 
getting lonely. So you call someone when you're drunk and like those, she, and it's, it's those memories that I can't really relay to my mom in a similar way. Cause she's just like, Oh, like these are all just swear words. And like, these are all just bad kids. Like you're a good kid. And I'm like, no, yeah, I am a good kid. But like, just cause you know, you have fun once in a while doesn't mean you're a bad person, but she doesn't really kind of get that. But like this music is, it's very interesting to just see the parental reaction to it. Um, where a lot of times it's just like, this is too much. Like this isn't even music. Like my mom was watching the Latin Grammys as George and I tend to do together every year. Um, and she just sends me a photo on the screen of Bad Bunny and she's like, what's the, like, what is he wearing? Like, what is this man? And I'm like, no, that's just freedom of expression. We do that now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think it's really interesting that there's sort of that like generational divide, especially yeah. with Urbano music. And what I think it's funny when you say that is all I can think of is like all of the artists who like maybe I've, like maybe my parents have like asked like, oh, like, what are you listening to? Oh, what are you doing? You know, oh, you said you're going to a concert. Who are you seeing? And they like never know who it is. They always ask the question and then like immediately regret it. And I think the funniest thing ever and the absolute strangest is when we got all those tickets, you know, last year for our fall of reggaeton, the only artist that my dad knew when he asked like, oh, who'd you get tickets to go see was Bad Bunny. He does not know a single Bad Bunny song. He does not, you know, he didn't know that Bad Bunny was even like Puerto Rican or sang in Spanish or was a rapper or anything. He just like had seen him maybe like on a online or something and like knew what he looked like and knew his name. And it was, yeah, it was just blew my mind that as soon as, you know, I was saying like, oh, I got tickets to Jay Balvin and I got tickets to Maluma. And he's like, yeah, what, what, who, whatever. And I was like, yeah. And, th and then we're going to go see Bad Bunny. And he was like, you're going to go see Bad Bunny. That is still he's one of the so funniest cool. stories. Like, he's like, he's so cool. Is he a model? He wears the coolest clothes. Man, it is so funny how your dad and like my mom have very opposite reactions to his style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is because my dad's like very like if you ever see my dad, he's like a very, you know, like traditional, like grumpy middle aged man, like dresses like pretty conservatively. <laughs> but I don't know what it is. He is so like has this affinity for people who just have like out of the box style. Do you think it might be because like he always kind of wanted to do that and now he like is like, oh, well, now so. I'm this professional man, like it's, there's no room for it? I mean, I think so. I mean, I think he used to go for it a lot more, like definitely like, you know, my mom's cleaned out his closet before and like found some clothes from the 80s and was like, oh, thank God this is over. And you can definitely <laughs> see this break a little bit. Like one time I remember I was in middle school and they had sort of, they didn't like read I don't want to say they didn't redo their closet, but they sort of, they like widened the door, you know, okay, to make okay. it like more open. Right. So instead of just being like a normal door, it was sort of like a, you know, a pull apart situation. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it didn't get any bigger, but like the opening got bigger. If that makes sense. So when they did that, they like, you know, took everything out obviously. So it wouldn't get covered in like, uh, you know, dust and everything. And so they threw a lot of stuff away and I just remember the like look of pain in my dad's eyes when my mom threw away a pair of white ostrich shoes. 
oh, that he had never worn. And he probably bought, like, when he lived in Mexico in the early 80s. Oh, that sounds so painful. It was just, like, a look of defeat and pain. Oh, and I think, that, I think that's sort of, like, partially where it comes from, is that, like, he's always, like, really impressed by people who are a little bit out there with their style. I really wish he'd come with us to that concert. I oh, mean, my God. <laughs> that was, hit, Bad Bunny Live is kind of a different experience than you normally would expect. He didn't leave the stage once. Not once. But instead of... And he never did, like, a full outfit change or anything. Instead... He sat down in the middle of the stage and did a sneaker change. Still like, performing. Iconic. That was an iconic moment. Just like sat down on his little butt and fucking whipped off his sneakers and switched them out. And like maybe here and there, like he'd like take off a piece of clothing or put something on. But exactly. You're right. Like never like full outfit change, like never left the stage net. Like the music never stopped. But yeah, he just like in the absolute middle of everything, just sat right down, changed his shoes, got back up like it never happened. Yep. Yep. And I think he, one of the uh, oh, go ahead. I think one of the other like very cool things about that show, I don't know if you're going to mention it, was oh, those little LED bracelets we got. I still have mine. Me too. It's like such a cute little keepsake and it was so fun. Because, you know, definitely we we went to other concerts where it was, like, more about, like, the lasers, more about, like, sort of a very centralized, you know, audiovisual experience. But I thought what was really cool about this was that, you know, they had, obviously, they had, like, a light controller, you know, at, in the booth. But everyone was wearing these little silicone bracelets that had a couple different colored LEDs in them and sort of on a program they would light up. So the entire stadium from all around would light up in rhythm with the songs. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, that was very cool. And yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of the other concerts that we, we did go to were very focused on an audiovisual experience. So they had a bunch of um, a, like a lot of props going on and like big kind of blow up doll situations. Um, whereas even though Bad Bunny had a lot of things going on in terms of the lights and the stage lighting up and, you know, the stadium screen kind of lighting up. It was kind of a very stripped back show, despite all of, you know, just lights and some pyrotechnics. Like it was just him on stage and some dance, like six dancers, maybe. Um, and that was the whole show. But I found that really impressive. Like it was, you know, it was mostly about the music. It was mostly about everybody who's just like screaming their heads off for him. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, you know, when we had gone to Maluma, like before that, you know, like you could tell that he had like factored in breaks to like wait, wait for screaming girls to stop. But, you know, like so full of himself. But, you know, with Bad Bunny, it just it felt more natural. It felt more organic it felt more exciting. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very authentic show. Um, and it was literally, yeah, it was just about the music. And you could see he was having a blast just performing it all and taking in the fact that we were all having a good time vibing to it. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm just like, I, I can hardly like put words together because I'm just reliving the moment right now. <laughs> 
And oh, it was just, yeah, it was so much fun. Hopefully, you know, whenever he goes on tour for this next show, we'll be able to, to finagle a way to go together again. Exactly. There's a new album. There's got to be a tour coming up once we get past this quarantine situation. And, you know, the timing of the album release was pretty great because it's been something that we've been able to listen to going into our quarantine state. And, you know, thanks to him for giving us the longest album ever um, with a million different vibes throughout um, to kind of get us through however long we're stuck at home. Absolutely. And, you know, for a guy who's so in his feelings, he really like, you know, he's just able to translate that and deliver it to all of our feelings, too. And I mean, through those exactly through those 20 tracks, you really go from, you know, this classic machismo overconfidence to feelings of loneliness to feelings of heartbreak, you know, to feelings of like horniness you know, just so it just you ping pong around everywhere and you really get a full sense of like a complete person. And I right. think that's one of the things that's really cool about this album. Yeah, I I agree. So shall we just dive right into it? Track by track? Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, since we've already mentioned it, Erica, do you want to like go through just introduce the album and, you know, we'll go through the name because it's kind of like a I think it's a pretty like cool, unique name. And, you know, we'll just go in and, and di- dive in through our favorite tracks. Yeah, sounds great. As George mentioned, it is a 20 track album, so we won't be going through all of them. We've kind of handpicked our favorites to discuss. Um, but the album overall is called Yo Hago Lo Que Me Da La Gana, which translates to I Do What I Want. Um, and he has it abbreviated in the album title. So as my roommate pointed out, it kind of just looks like a key smash. Um, But it's great. He did it pretty much with no promo. He didn't really have much of a lead up into the album. He's just like, okay, album kind of coming out soon. Here's the day. And then he just dropped it. A lot of people seem to be doing that, right? Like, it's not just me. No, people have really been doing that. Yeah, it's been a trend. I feel like maybe it started with Beyonce dropping her, um, what is it? Yes. The, the, Way back the in one what, that had that partition on it. 2013 or 2014? Whenever, yeah, back when we were still in college. I know, um, when we were we undergrads. Exactly, yeah. So I think that's kind of what started it, and a lot of artists have done it since. Um, I mean, he didn't do it as privately as Beyonce did. He kind of did tease that he was coming out with new music. Um, one of the songs we'll talk about, Vete, was the first single of the album. And that, you know, I mean, not knowing that there was an album coming, that song came out in like, what was it, November, December, kind of? I remember listening yeah, around to it in California. Then. Which, yeah, I mean, I, for, I feel like, yeah, I feel like for a lot of our listeners, they're like, what? There's a, there's a single? Like, of course, there's an album coming out. But I think for like people who aren't as familiar with urbano music is these guys just come out with singles all the time yeah like every few weeks there's a single and it might be attached to nothing ever never appear on an album never appear anywhere other than like in spotify and as a music video and that's it exactly and i think especially that lends itself to a lot of um the collaboration that happens within the Latin community. Like these artists are collaborating all the time they don't always have time to record a few tracks together or 
do more than just that one song. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't have a place in its album. It's just what they were feeling at the time. They just wanted to release a summer hit or a winter hit or whatever. And that's the one song you get. And it kind of holds you over and you have a good time. And maybe there's an album, maybe there's nothing. No, absolutely. I mean, it, and it's sort of that, that's like one of the most exciting things. And one of the things that really like brings, I mean, it just brings joy when you do finally get an album because a lot of these guys, you know, albums are few and far between. It's like single after single after single with collaborations and then no album. But, you know, as you said before, you know, this, this album came exactly at the right time. I think it's reflecting a lot of the feelings that we're all having. You know, while we're here doing self-isolation, social distancing, stay at home, you know, we're sort of all in our feelings and Bad Bunny is here to ride it out with us. Um, do you want to jump into the first track? Sure. All right. The first track is titled Si Veo a Tu Mama and take a listen right here. How do you feel about this track? I am obsessed with this track. It may be, I think, my favorite track on the entire album. Um, just because as you continue, like you, you, as you continue through this album, nothing sounds like this. Nothing. Um, so this kind of sets you up for what you think the album is going to be. And then you lead into the next track and it's nothing like this. You get a sample of Girl From Ipanema, which is just wild to think about. And um, the music video itself is kind of a different vibe, too, is you get someone who is kind of on the verge of suicide and is about to act it out. And this young child is like, what's what's going on? And um, kind of has him listen to Bad Bunny as a means to, you know, feel better and kind of understand and comprehend those feelings. And this track kind of then dives into a party on New Year's Eve, at least in the video. And I mean, in my opinion, I really enjoy it just because Bad Bunny kind of looks like my boyfriend with the mustache. So it's a really fun vibe. Shout out to Bad Bunny for being the coolest Latino dad in that music video. Honestly, I, I literally was watching the video for the first time with my boyfriend and I looked at it and I was like, this is what you're going to look like in the future. Like, this is it. <laughs> and like, I love the shirt. I love the whole attitude. I love the vibe. Right. I want to go to that party. Yes. And I Absolutely. think that's, that's the mark of quality right there. Um, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with everything that you've said. I mean, I think that sample is so powerful because it sets you up for like, it's a very, I mean, it's like slowed down. It's very like digitized, right? It's not mm -hmm. like a straight girl from Ipanema sample. Um, I don't know. It just sort of makes you feel like it's leading into something that it's going to build. And then it doesn't, which can like gets confusing. But yeah, it, it like, it's, 
it does really good with this, I think, with the storytelling. Like, it really fits in with the storytelling for the song. And I don't know, it just sort of, yeah, it got me prepped for more. Like, as soon as it started, it was just, like, a little bit different and made me think, like, okay, Bad Bunny, like, we're, you know, we're going in a new direction. And, like, I want to find out where you take us. Exactly. And, well, musically, it's very different from the rest of the album. Lyrically, it's not. at I mean, at its core... The song talks about relationships and about getting over someone, even though, you know, you may still have feelings for them, but you know that they no longer love you, um, but you're still hoping for the best. And as the title says, if you run into their mom, you'll wish them good things and you'll still, you know, hope that they pass on the hello. Absolutely. And I think one of the other themes that this like touches on that's, I think, evident pretty much in the whole first half of the record is there's a lot of, you know, it touches on a lot of loneliness, right? So there's a lot of like feelings of loneliness. There's a lot of, you know, like reminders that like, okay, like you might be alone right now, but you know, it's, it hasn't always been that way and it won't always be this way, right? We're alone now, you know, we're going to figure it out. We're going to, you know, we're going to sit in our feelings for now, but we're not going to stay here forever. Mm-hmm. You know, their brighter days are coming and, yeah, and you know, we, we got to see them out. Exactly. You're not going to be resentful about it. You're just going to wish people the best. You know, sometimes things just don't work out and uh, you're going to wish them the best and you're going to try and aim for the best for yourself as well. Absolutely agreed. Okay, Erica, do you want to introduce our next track? Yes. So we are skipping one and going straight into Pero Ya No. And take a listen here. Pero ya no, antes yo te quería, pero ya no. Tú me gustaba, pero ya no. Yo estaba pa' ti, pero ya no. Pero ya no, pero ya no. Conmigo ya no viene And we're back. Erica, what did you think of this track? I really like the repetitive nature of it. I know that's not everyone's, you know, favorite thing about a song, particularly we know how Ali feels about repetitive lines. Um, but I really liked how he's constantly repeating how, you know, I used to like you not anymore because that's true of pretty much every relationship that ends. We used to love each other. We used to really care for each other, but that's not the case anymore. Um, And, you know, that kind of happens. And I really like the music video for this one as well, um, just because it takes place at like a retro looking movie theater. And there's like a cute little um, young couple, like a couple kids. And the music video itself is very innocent just because it kind of tracks back into those young loves that we once had, um, like, you know, the childhood sweethearts that, you know, no longer are anything, but they meant a lot at the time and they've kind of carried on into the future. So that music video was kind of very touching for me. And the song itself is just, it's a slow jam, but it's, it's one that you really can just get in your feelings with. And it doesn't really make you sad. It makes you just remember those times fondly. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I actually, so you know, Ali be damned. I love the repetitiveness of this song. I think that on such a long album, you can get really, you know, if, if everything's super verbose, you can get lost. Mm-hmm. 
And I think this song, like, kind of like it took us out of the last track, and you know, it it gives you like that interlude, right? It gets you into the vibe. I think repetition is like a really good is a good vehicle sometimes, you know, to you know to set a mood and to you know to really hold it there. And this song did it for me. Um, you know, I know it's like sort of about you know a more again we're we're in the more in our feelings part of the album, but. I don't know the song like the repetition it just it sort of makes you like rock back and forth a bit and I like that yeah the repetition is comforting here um it's very simple and it's kind of repeating the message of the song um which is nice when the chorus actually kind of gets into it um and it really just emphasizes you know his point you're not gonna like everyone forever and that's okay exactly it's okay you know we were together now it's over and you know what? He's into a new girl who lives in Bayamon, so shout out to her. <laughs> Fine, I'm not bitter at all. Oh, well, listen, we're waiting on that third album, Erica. All I'm saying. He probably already <laughs> had this song written before we went to his show. Stop. Just you wait. All right, all right. Well, let's keep things moving because we have quite a few more tracks to get into. Absolutely. Up yep. Up next, we can talk about La Santa. Give it a listen. Tú no eres una santa, ni yo soy un santo. Nos conocimos pecando. Ahora me estás buscando porque quiere más de mí. Y yo te lo doy. Te vienes y me voy. Te lo dije que te eras pa' jugar, que no te podía enamorar. And we're back with La Santa. Oh, with one, I mean, somebody who we spoke about earlier, uh, an absolute icon of the reggaeton world, Daddy Yankee. Absolutely. I mean, it's even a Latin album if Daddy Yankee's not on it. It can't be. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a local statute in Puerto Rico that you are not allowed to record an album of any kind unless Teddy Yankee has at least one feature. And I'm okay with that, honestly. He adds so much to everything. And when people are, you know, not into the urban music so much and they're like, oh, Daddy Yankee, he's still around. Yes. And he's been doing good work. It's solid work. It's all the time. It's, you know, it, he's, he's so reliable. I think he's probably the most reliable artist in reggaeton for like the last, I mean, the last 20 years or so. He's exactly. consistent. He's always putting out new stuff. It's always quality. And I mean, he really brings that sort of like, you know, barrio, like New York attitude to this new wave of, you know, otherwise more like Caribbean and Colombian inflected Urbano music. He really brings it back to that late 90s, early 2000s, like Spanish Harlem, New York attitude. And, you know, you got to appreciate that. It's it's what we grew up on. You know, it's reflective of our first our generation's like first, you know, tastes of urban Latin music. And I mean, in that way, it's sort of comforting. This song also has what is probably my favorite line on the entire album, just because of how like bold, confident 
yet lazy it is. At the very end, like as the song is ending in the outro, Daddy Yankee, you know, not to be outdone by anybody. He's got to let you know. He's got to let you know. He's about two things. Mucho party y mucho money. Okay, nothing else. All right, we don't need none of this monolingual bullshit. Okay, we're going full Spanglish. We're only about two things. And, you know, that's your takeaway. Yep. Mucho money, mucho party. Daddy Yankee Bad Bunny. That's that's the theme of the that's song. All that's everything. that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. But um, kind of overall, I really like the messaging in this song um, just because it's it's very interesting how people change throughout a relationship and particularly afterwards. Um, and, you know, for me, I kind of understood everything as, you know, you're trying to change someone for the better. Um, you know, there's always someone who's mildly trying to change the other person in the relationship, but it's also very contradictory because you're trying to change someone, but you're just as bad. Like the song kind of mentions like we're both sinners. You're trying to be a saint, but you're not just be who you are. No, absolutely. I, you know, I love, I love how, you know, it's about a be, about being like true to yourself about, you know, not, you know, you can't like, you can't lie to me. Like I know you, right. You know, like let's, yep. let's put all the bullshit aside. Right. You don't, you know, don't put on this facade for me right now. Like we know each other, we've been together and guess what? Like, you know, we're both to blame for a lot of things, but you know, let's not try and have like a revisionist history here. You know, like, we both came in with baggage. We're both leaving with baggage. You know, just don't try and dump yours on me and run off. Exactly. And it's also kind of lying ba- uh, relying back into the fact that, you know, there's no trust if you're both um, kind of these sinful people. Like, you can't, you can't trust the other person, which is, I guess, why you're trying to get them to change. But they also can't trust you if you're not working on the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, some, you know, some complexity from Daddy Yankee and Bad Bunny here. I love it. Yeah, they went beyond the party and the money. Even though in the end, I mean, isn't that what we all want? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm hoping to get post-quarantine. Mucho party, mucho money. Daddy Yankee, Bad Bunny. Yeah. Plus, it's so fun to say. I mean, what's more, like, what's a better catchphrase? Right, like, this song is so complex, but at the same time, you end on such a high, like, positive, like, fun vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, like, you know, we got through everything, you know, we had the tough talk, right? We had the difficult decision, difficult conversation, but, like, and I mean, you know, we can still go out. Yeah, why not? Like, you know, we're not together anymore, but, like, we can still go out. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. All right, and then this brings us to our very next track i mean one of the biggest songs on the album it's been creating a lot of buzz you know even if you're not a a huge fan or don't know bad bunny that well maybe you've seen this in the media recently it's yo pereo sola and take a listen Ahora yo picheo 
Yo perreo Honestly, it's such a vibe. Such a vibe. Yes. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Do you want to begin? I mean, I guess I can. Um, It's very much just life is short. Live it up. Like, you go out. You own the club scene. You go out there for yourself. Nobody else. Like, you do what you want to have a really good time. If someone tries to get on that vibe, you tell them, no, you are out there for you. Exactly. And you know what? Sometimes being out there for you is being out there to look for something. All right. You know, we've all gone to the club. We've all, you know, wanted to leave with a little something, something. But honestly, sometimes we go and we're like, you know what? I feel like there's a lot of time. I'm like, I want to dance. I don't want you in my face. Like, you know, if it's just me, if, you know, if my friends are done and I want to stay in the club, it's for me. And then I want to go home and go to bed. Like, not every party has to be about meeting some stranger, right? Like, right. sometimes it's just about you. Sometimes it's just about me. Sometimes we gotta, we gotta, we gotta feel ourselves and we gotta be okay with being with ourselves. Exactly. And, you know, um, the music video itself has been such a iconic piece of media. I mean, one, because of, Bad Bunny dressing as perhaps a hotter woman than I can ever be. But um, just the ending of that video overall, where it's just a single message on screen that's like, hey, dudes, if a gr- if you ask a girl to dance and she says no, leave her alone because she's out there for herself. Just leave her alone. She says Absolutely. no. It's not about you. Exactly. And I mean, I think, you know, some of the lines in the song uh, you know, they're, I mean, they're really about the message, right? You know, I mean, he literally, you know, he literally says in the song, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say he, because I think one of the things that we have to remember about this track is that it contains a uncredited guest fur, you know, guest hook by Puerto Rican uh, artist Nessie. Um, and, you know, she really, yeah, she really sets the tone for the song. She provides the hook, um, you know, really just like sets up the vibe and kills it. Um, and he's gotten a little bit of flack for that. But, you know, he's certainly not the only person who's done it. I mean, you know, we can all remember how it was Kesha who really gave Flo Rida's right round its vibe. And, you know, she, her name doesn't appear anywhere. But I think, you know. Right. Just part of part of the core of that hook is like, listen, like, you know, when I was out to get some, you were ignoring me. But now that I'm out here by myself, like finally feeling the vibe, like I'm going to ignore you. Like I'm over it. Exactly. Right. I'm over chasing you. I'm over looking for acceptance and validation from other people. Like tonight I'm here for me and I can work by myself. Exactly. And that's something, you know, I personally very much identify with. I entered 2019 being like, you know what, I'm done trying to look for a boyfriend. I'm done trying to look for a man to like, you know, make me feel complete or whatever other BS I was kind of cultured into believing. Um, And I just took most of 2019 for myself and went out and had a good time with my friends and did what I wanted and danced my butt off and lived it up to the fullest and honestly that's kind of what I needed and it's what I wanted at the time and I wish the song had been out there then absolutely I mean I think that 
we all at different times in our lives like needed this song and thankfully we have it now I mean, the other thing that I think is super important, and I feel like if we have any Bad Bunny fans out there listening, um, they'll be really mad if we don't mention this, is when he went on Jimmy Fallon, maybe it was in February, I think, something you know, really, really huge that happened when he performed this song was the t-shirt he was wearing referenced the murder of a trans woman named Alexa in Puerto Rico at the time. And, you know, that incident has really come to be very strongly associated with this song and with the video and just like a message of solidarity, not just with the trans community, but with women in general. I mean, you know, we've been hearing a lot recently especially in the last year or so even in mexico about you know about femicide and you know the the just the difficulties that women face in latin america with violence and you know this song whether it was entirely intentional or not is now like very like strongly out there as just you know a front and center as like the emblem of the resistance against that right yeah i completely agree and I think it just, I mean, it just makes it all the more meaningful, right? I mean, this is like, I think one of the reasons why we're talking about this song so much is like, it is probably one of the most powerful tracks on the album. And it's even more amazing that it comes so early on. Oh, absolutely. Like this, this demands to be part of the first half of the album. I mean, as we'll talk about it, kind of teasing into it, the rest of the album is kind of more a, you know, kind of feeling baller type of um, vibe. And this this kind of has a little bit of that. It's like a good transition song as well, because it's like, yeah, this is about you. You're baller. You're dope. You're you're living it up. You're dope on your own. But also, like, you know, we got to be, you know, we were sad about being lonely before, but now we're sort of learning to be okay being alone. Alone does not mean lonely is, I think, one of the takeaways here. And with that, I think you know, it brings us to the next track. Erica, if you want to introduce it. Absolutely. Diving into Bichial. Give it a listen. Ella está casi, casi soltera. Un corillo de bandolera. Quieren perreo la noche entera. Sin cojones le tienen si se enteran. Porque está casi, casi soltera. Un corillo de bandolera. Quieren perreo la noche entera. And we're back. How'd you feel about that song? Um, I really enjoyed it. I feel like it's very much kind of tracking back into the Yo Pero Sola vibe where it's like this chick is owning it. Like she is, doesn't want to be tied down. She's got dudes in her rotation on her waiting list. Like it is all up to her how she wants to like party it up. Absolutely. Like after hearing this song for the first time, I was like, I want to know this girl, right? Like, who is she? Because I want to hang out with her. Like whoever this is, like she knows how to party. I think one of the, like one of the things that made this a standout track, honestly, was the title. Cause I don't know about you, Erica, but it took me the longest time to like figure out what the title meant. It was totally like alien to me. I had no idea what it was about. Oh, yeah, that definitely involves some Googling for me. I mean, it's I mean, 
language among the different regions of Latin America is just so vast and varied that like everybody has their own slang. And this is just something, you know, as a Mexican American that I didn't really know what it meant or what it should mean. So especially diving into more Latin music where a lot of these urban artists aren't Mexican or Mexican American, I kind of find myself having to Google what their slang is. And this is definitely one of the things that I had to look into. And that sort of is one of the things that makes me feel less bad about having to literally Google all of these songs as a non-Spanish speaker. It like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. Like I learned what Bichian meant from the NPR article about the song, like full disclosure. It was, it was me and, you know, all of the other yuppies reading about it over our morning coffee. But I think it's really cool. So like, Bichial for, for people who aren't Puerto Rican, um, it's sort of a portmanteau, right? It, it sort of signifies a girl who, the, like, a young woman, usually quite attractive, who's, like, sort of stuck in between worlds, right? She comes from, like, a pretty upper class, upper middle class background, but she finds herself really enjoying, you know, going to, you know, more, you know, she's an uptown girl with a downtown vibe, like, she loves to get down and dirty and maybe go to some of the seedier clubs and pereo and, you know, twerk to, to trap and to reggaeton. And she likes to, you know, hang out with gangsters and stuff like that. So, I mean, she, you know, she sounds like a fun bitch to me. Honestly, would join her crew. Hundo P, squad goals right there. Squad goals. Yep. All right. And with that, do we want to move on to the next track? We should. Uh, uh, we're going to skip a few more tracks here and dive into Vete, which, as we discussed earlier, was the first single of the entire album. Uh, give it a listen here. Wow. That song, I mean, it's just such a good single. It hits me with the same energy every single time. Does not get old. No. And I feel like we've been talking about, um, you know, kind of loneliness throughout. This is one of the loneliest tracks on the album. And I think so definitely, you know, in case uh, the listener, you know, hasn't really been keeping up or has maybe zoned out a little bit, this sort of marks the end of the first half of the record both thematically and just in number of tracks it's the 10th track out of 20 and it's sort of like at all the loneliness kind of like hits a crescendo and you know we get we get a fun party song but it's you know yeah it's a, it's a song about you know about leaving or about like being afraid that somebody's going to you know that something's over and dealing with it yeah. And, you know, he released this track um, like in the fall winter time. And, you know, with a lot of the Latin urban music, you you get a new track and you expect it to be kind of like a fun summer vibe. And this is definitely a very much like in your feelings, like you you see a new Bad Bunny song come out and you're like, oh, yes, so hype. We're going to party. We're going to dance. And then I mean, you're doing all that, but you're crying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect sad girl song. Exactly. I mean. 
I definitely got super into this song as a sad girl. And, you know, it's very much like just leave. The door is open. Just leave. Our history is dead anyway. Don't be concerned about me. Um, just just leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely so raw. Yeah. You know, as he's singing, he's talking about just the exact like the doors open, just go. Like I can't even look at you anymore. Like mm-hmm. fuck our anniversary, fuck everything. Like just just get out. Like I can't even look at you. Like you know, I'm gonna stand here. We're not even gonna say goodbye. Just just go, and like yeah. we'll deal with this later. Yeah, and one of the lyrics that kind of gets to me the most, at least you know, translated it dives into just I don't even really feel anything anymore when you're addressing in front of me and that's kind of how you know that um, you know you really just don't feel anything for that person anymore and things are over just leave we're done move on absolutely and you know I really like how as the sort of as the song like gets closer to the close you know, as he's like hitting the bridge, you know, we've like in the beginning of the song, we feel all this like raw hurt and emotion. And what's like really like reassuring almost is that in the bridge, you know, he talks about, he's, you know, he like kind of is calming down and saying, you know, I wish you the best, but like I'm getting stronger now, you know, like thanks for what we had. But, you know, I, I just I don't need it anymore. Like you didn't love me. And now I know that like. I don't need, you know, your, your false love. Exactly. Exactly. Which um, kind of brings us around a little bit to our next track, um, which is Ignorantes. All right. You can give it a listen now. Cosa que no sabemos, quizás no puse de mi parte, no, pero tú pusiste menos. La soledad no me asusta, pero dormir solo no me gusta. And we're back. Oh, I don't know what it is. I just love Sech's voice. It's just mm-hmm. so smooth to me. Is that how you say his name? Is it Sech? I've been saying it. That's what, yeah, I think that's what we've all been saying. So we're just going to, we're going to go with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if anybody wants to send us like a message on the Instagram or the Twitter or something, you know, if you know better, let us know. But for now, we're just going to, we're going to go with Sech. He's, I mean, he's a pretty new face, right? Yeah, I mean, I never really listened to him too much up until, you know, kind of around the time. Yeah, I mean, I think at least for me, this is like one of the earlier, uh, one of the first, you know, exposures I've had to him. But like, he Mm -hmm. really brings it with that hook. Right. He really, yeah, he really does. And this song, I think, complements Vete so well as we're, you know, to the point where Vete was like, leave, get out, like, we're done. This one is very much a why aren't we together anymore, even though we love each other like we fight, but we're still so good together. Exactly. I feel like this is like sort of the regret and the confusion that you have after a breakup. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe you don't even mean it. Maybe like your, you know, your rational brain is telling you, like, listen, like we're better apart. Like, you know, I can't go back to this. You know, it was it was toxic. But, you know, that that hurt and that emotion inside of you, like eventually goes But like, you know, 
we didn't we didn't feel this bad before right like we could just go back it was so much better then like you know why why can't we just be together again exactly like let's just be together we're always drunk dialing each other anyway like clearly we miss each other and there was something good there we loved each other so why aren't we together exactly like such a i don't know it, yeah it's very like very emotionally tied to Vete as almost like a part two. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that this came in as a, as a collaboration, right? We're hearing both voices here and we're really like feeling, feeling that, feeling that emotion and that, you know, just that regret and confusion. Oh, he's yeah. just, oh, Bad Bunny just keeps bringing us into our feelings and we can't get out. Yeah. I mean, luckily, at least for, us this is pretty much the last song that is super in your feelings on the album and it um kind of transitioning into a different vibe moving forward most definitely because quite honestly i don't think i could take it anymore no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm delicate erica i'm delicate we're delicate sad flowers that's that's what I we know. are a little sad girl and a little sad boy just together against the world. Here we are. All right. And this brings us into our next track. Erica, do you want to introduce it for us? Yes. We've been waiting for it. Safaera. Listen now. All right. Take a listen. <laughs> honestly all i can say is like whoa like mind blown i wish this song was called like safari because i feel like that's what i just went on right we've like seen so many different it's like almost like if you go to like disney world and you're like okay like here's magic kingdom all right and now oh my god we're already in epcot like Things change so quickly. I feel like this is almost an album condensed into one song. It is a wild ride. Like, they've even built in the Jaws theme song into it. It's insane. And I think also it sort of, it gives you a little taste of so many things, right? It's the, it's the Whitman sampler of the reggaeton. Mm-hmm. The poop platter. Exactly. You get a little taste of everything. You get some really good, like, throwback vibes, right? We're feeling more urban. We're feeling more 2000s. We're feeling, you know, more gritty. Like, if there's not enough culo, it's not reggaeton. This is the thirstiest track on the album. And you know what? It needed it. Absolutely. And you're going to be as raunchy as you want. You're going to be as Mm -hmm. vulgar as you want. You're just, you know, you're going out there and you're going out literally with a bang and two bang yeah this is like dirty club sex vibes Mm-hmm. like he's bringing the pereo into the album about pereo yes <laughs> like we've been missing it we've been seeing it from afar and now we're in the thick of it Mm-hmm. yeah honestly it's like oh yeah like we're gonna bang this chick no 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 we're going to bang forever and I'm going to do everything I want and it's going to be a great time. Hell yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the message. I don't really know if there's anything else to elaborate. Yeah, on no. I mean, it's funny because for like the longest track on the album, I mean, it's pretty, it's not simple. The message is simple, right? The message yes. is, it's a party. We fucking like, it's just like raw, hard, in your face banging with so many key changes. Yeah. Yeah, so many key changes, so many tones. Right, we're changing positions, all right. We're in the kitchen, we're in the bedroom, okay, we're out on the porch, we're... On the floor. In the pool, exactly. We're everywhere. Mm -hmm. But the message is the same. We fucking. And sometimes that's just how you feel. Yeah, honestly. Sometimes you just need one of those nights. Mm, Yes, or, Or days, 24-hour spells. (laughs) Sometimes, I mean, sometimes you just need like a, a bang binge, but maybe that's just me. No, no, no. That is universally applicable. Uh, glad I'm not alone here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this then brings us to our next track, Esta Cabron Serio, which is a collaboration with uh, Erica and I's, mm, I'm not going to say favorite, but I'm going to say, uh, you know, He's an there. object. I'm, I'm going to say an object of our curiosity, Mr. Anuel Aa. All right, take a listen. Okay, now is it Anuel AA or Anuel Doble A? I have no idea. You know what? I'm not sure. I personally, it probably is Doble A, but I personally just love saying AA. Yeah, I don't really want to find out which one it is. Like, I I know I should probably give the respect of pronouncing it properly, but uh-uh is just too fun. Uh-uh is, uh, it's just like anytime you're feeling down or like we're together and like sort of like the mood dips or, you know, there's like a, a silence, like we can just always bring it back. Well, like one of us looks over to the other and just goes, uh-uh. <laughs> Like, it always makes us laugh, and I mean, I don't even like his music that much, but I just love the name. I don't really like a lot of his original tracks, but when he features, just like he does here, it's a really good time. No, it's always a good time, and I think this track, you know, as a follow-up to Safaera, just really, it. Like, we've brought it home, right? We're in the... We're in the second half of the album. It's all about machismo. It's all about confidence. It's all about, you know, as a, as a Boston favorite, Big Poppy once said, like, this is a fucking city. Like, it's <laughs> right. It's right. wrong, like, guttural energy. Owning it. Exactly. And it just, I mean, you can't help but get pumped up by this song. You can't. And it's, yeah, it's. It literally boils down to the message, it's hard to be me. And then they list out all of these baller reasons why it's, a guess, allegedly hard to be them. Like, ugh, you know, where the crown is so heavy, Erica. Braggadocious. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it's a pump up track. Like, you can't help 
having like, you know, a a Bronx swagger after finishing this song. I mean, neither of them are from the Bronx. No. You know, they're both from, from Puerto Rico, but it's just it's that feeling, right, of just you're on top of the world and like nobody's better than you. Nobody's cooler than you. Like, it's just you're it. Yeah. And like, you know, a lot of people might throw the fact that like Anuel Aa was like in jail back in his face, but he throws it right back at you. He's like, listen, I was in jail. I built my career from there. I released singles from my cell. And when I got out, I went immediately into playing stadiums. I didn't fuck around. Exactly. You know, I was about to bring that up. He's like, that is the biggest, like, I'm not even going to call it a humble brag. He just go, you know what? I went from the cell to the stadium. Like, fuck the clubs. Like, I don't mm-hmm. play that. Right. I go straight in MSG, American Airlines Arena, like wherever. Like, we hear and it's full. Yup. All right. And coming off of that, Erica, do you want to introduce our next track? Yes. We've got Pe Fucking Eri. Pe Motherfucking Eri. All right. Take a listen. Si no sabes de dónde soy, no me ronquen, no. Si no sabes de dónde soy, no me ronquen. Si no sabes de dónde soy, no me ronquen, no. Si no sabes de dónde soy, eh, eh, yo soy de P-Fucking R. Los maleantes con la R. All right, if you didn't know Bad Bunny was from Puerto Rico, you do now. Yeah, you have no excuse after this track. Mm-hmm. No excuse. And, I mean, I think it's just, it's sort of fitting that he's joined by Arcángel on this track. Because I feel like he's one of the only other, like, reggaetoneros who's just so powerfully about being from Puerto Rico. Right, like they're Boricua till they die. Yeah, and this song kind of dives into that. It's like, I am from Puerto Rico. I have built myself up in Puerto Rico. I am this like big freaking deal now, but I still have the respect of my people. I have not turned my back on them. I give back. I am all here for them, and they are here for me. I mean, it's just like, it's a really inspiring song, right? You know, it, you, you feel his patriotism, you feel his pride. And, you know, he also makes, they both make it very clear, you know, like, I'm from Puerto Rico, I'm still in Puerto Rico, right? You know, things might have changed with me, with my career, with my success, but it doesn't change where I came from and it doesn't make me want to be there any less, right? Like one of, I think one of my favorite, lines is you know like we went from we changed out our hondas for panameras but like we're still in the same street yeah right the vehicle might be different the details might be different but it's the same story baby you know san juan carolina like you know we're holding it down heck yeah we are here for our people regardless of how far you know we succeed Plus, like, if you've ever seen, like, a Puerto Rican Day parade and we're like, oh, my God, like, how could anybody be just, like, that patriotic or just be that pumped to be from somewhere, right? 
after you listen to this song, you'll find yourself, I mean, you'll look down and you'll literally be in a Puerto Rican flag jersey. You don't know how you got it. You don't know where it came from, but you're wearing one. And it feels so right. Heck yeah. All right. I think that leads us into the last track on the album that we're going to discuss. I know. It's over already. Already. I mean, we only did about half the album. That's true. That's true. That's true. We'd have to double the length of this podcast if we did the whole thing. Um, Oh, my God. We'd be here for the rest of our lives. I mean, we have the time these days, but I don't I don't think our dear listeners would appreciate us talking about Bad Bunny for like four hours. No. And honestly, I think we may have droned on enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, by the end of this, maybe we'll have enough to uh, to write a thesis, a joint a joint doctoral dissertation on Bad Bunny. Listen, if I were still in college and had a free topic to write a paper about, I'd use this podcast as the audio, you know? Yes. Ah, I love it. Couldn't agree more. Okay. So, I mean, a little, it's hard to introduce this track because I don't know how to uh, title it. Can, can you talk a little bit more about that, Erica? Yeah. So, I mean, depending on where you're seeing the title of the album, of, of this track, it is either, you know, the less than three kind of keyboard emoji that you used to make in like middle school, 2007, 2008, or it's a heart emoji. Um, so, yeah, we'll just go with, you know, this one calling it a heart, essentially the album's outro. Give it a listen. Yeah. Gracias. Gracias. Hey. Gracias a todo el que creyó en mí desde el primer día, desde antes que saliera con una compañía, desde antes que supieran lo que ustedes ya sabían que soy el mejor en esto y el que me convertiría en un icono de grandes y chicos. Gracias a todo. I don't know about you, Erica, but every time I hear that, I just like feel the power of the emotion. It's a very, very passionate song. It's a very grateful song. It's essentially Bad Bunny saying thank you to everyone who has supported him, from his parents to his grandparents to his friends to, you know, the people of Puerto Rico, just everyone who has been behind him. This entire and DR. Don't, do not forget. I mean, no. I know I might not be Latino, but I am from Massachusetts. I'm a proud Massachusetts guy. And, like, I don't know what it is. But if you grow up around here, like, and and I'm sure you know, Erica, like being from Southern California, Southern California, very characteristically, like Mexican, Chicano, Chicken X, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, that's, that's the power. But, you know, here in like Eastern Massachusetts, I don't know what it is, but like, it's like a co-headlining tour of DR and Puerto Rico. It's just, I don't know, that's the power. That's our, that's our flavor out here. And you can't, you can't help but be prideful. Like every time we went to one of those concerts in the fall, like every single time one of the guys would like call out, you know, they always call out all the different countries. And like anytime they'd say, you know, Puerto Rico or like, you know, where are my Boricua or where are my Dominicans? It's just like, like Boston, just boom, the energy and the pride. Yeah, I felt like the lone voice cheering for Mexico, which kind of sucked because 
I had lost my voice by the time they got there every time. Oh, no. (laughs) But, you know, that's okay. Plenty of people cheering for Mexico in other places. Um, This is just, you know, Bad Bunny thanking everyone who supported him along the way. And that includes everyone from, you know, people from Mexico, Chile, Puerto Rico, Argentina, you know. Colombia, Uruguay, like everywhere. Mm -hmm. The whole world, todo mundo, like literally everywhere just all come together you know to be excited about his music and i'm really glad that he was able to to take this track just to like thank everyone in detail you know it it's one of those things that sounds like a heartfelt uh like a voice note on your iphone like you know he mentions doing the super bowl with j balvin and shakira and JLo mm. and you can just really you can feel like how grateful he is and yeah it just I don't know for me it made it like such a powerful message to close out what is probably one of the best albums of the year yeah and like you know he's he's talking about accomplishing all of these goals and breaking all of these records and just having all of this success which kind of lends into the second album, the second half of the album's um, kind of braggadocious machismo way, but he's talking about it in such a, you know, humble, I wouldn't be here without your support. I'm doing this all for you type of way. Yeah. And I mean, I think as fans, you know, all we can do is just appreciate it. And then at the end, he sort of drops a bomb on us. Do you want to talk about that? You know, George, I feel like you are kind of so passionate about it. Take it away. Oh, well, you know, it just, oh, I I have so many feelings about this because towards the end, he sort of drops a bomb on us, you know, saying that we might not get too much more Bad Bunny, right? He sort of hints at the fact that, you know, he's going to, he's going to release another record this year and then sort of just fade away, like, you know, leave at the top, retire, sort of take some time for himself. I mean, you know, I I get it, like, on a very rational field, I get it. You know, touring is so tiring, and pouring, you know, your whole heart out creatively is absolutely draining. But from a fan standpoint, I mean, it's a lot to hear. It's a lot to hear all at once. But at least least we get at least one more album and two more Exactly. It's it's a lot to take in, especially because, you know, we have taken an entire, you know, hour and a half out of our day and yours to talk about how much we love, you know, this man and his music and what he's done um, for the urbano and reggaeton communities. And, you know, we kind of have to respect the fact that, yeah, he's he's tired. He doesn't want to burn himself out. He's doing what he can. He's doing what he loves. And, you know, he's going to come out with another album. But at the same time, like, he's human. He needs he needs rest. And what I'm hoping comes out of all of this, you know, and yes, it's selfish, is I'm hoping it's more of like a, a Jay-Z retirement where it's just like a couple years off. And, you know, he comes back relaxed, recharged and better than ever. Yeah, I feel like while we might not get as many, you know, like this album is a lot, 20 tracks, it's an hour long, 
um, this it's a tour de force. You know, yeah, it was a lot of work into this album. And while we might not get something like this in the future, um, you know, we'll probably still get, you know, some Bad Bunny features at the very least, which those are always a blast. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's what, what more can we hope for, right? Mm-hmm. I'll take a sprinkle of Bad Bunny over nothing. Absolutely. All right. And with that, that sort of wraps up the album. Any takeaways, Erica? Anything you want to plug? Any final thoughts? I mean, this album has kind of given me a lot to listen through during quarantine. And even beforehand, I would listen to this at work, at my desk, kind of nonstop, not realizing I went through the entire album a couple times just while plugging away at work. Um, and it's an album that I've really appreciated. And I mean, it even got my boyfriend into liking Bad Bunny, which before he thought it was kind of not really his jam. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, George is going to be leaving me to go on and do better and bigger things in California. Um, but I'm glad that I'll, you know, have a new partner to accompany me to Bad Bunny. And I'm sure George and I will continue to go to more shows despite the distance. Oh my God. Like a, like a dagger through my heart. I'm not, I might not physically be here anymore soon, but I'm definitely not leaving you. And I'm definitely Mm -hmm. not going to miss a bad bunny concert. No. And friendship and music are two things that are too important to let go of. Exactly. And you know what, even if we see bad bunny, separately in different cities we're gonna facetime each other for the jams that we know mean the most to each other 100 percent. like we are at minimum we are going to be there in spirit with each other jamming out full pereo just <laughs> absolutely losing our minds for benito and hopefully you'll have bonito by your side Yes, Bunnyto, my stuffed bunny that I bought from the last Bad Bunny show we went to, is on my bed every single day right next to me, um, and he will continue to be there. Where he belongs, absolutely, exactly. with, you, with you always. Uh, all right, and I think with that, you know, that sort of wraps everything up. This has been a special Quarantunes edition of We Have the Facts. I'm George, and with me, in case you haven't been paying attention, is the beautiful, wonderful, amazing Erica Navarre, resident sad girl. And here we are. We're going to leave you today with, I mean, I think one of the best songs on this album, which is Vete. Enjoy, and good luck with quarantine. Stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. ¿En serio te lo estás viendo? ¿Qué, ¿Qué vamos a hacer con el niño? Tú eres la que querías tener niños, te recuerdo. I told you I didn't want to have kids and you don't want that one. Quiero saber si tú te vas, mami, cuando tú quieras, cuando tú quieras, yeah, yeah. Vete, eh, eh, eh. Nadie te está aguantando y la puerta está abierta, eh. 
siento nada cuando te encueras Dame, dame banda, eh. En mi corazón ya tú no eres la que manda Se acabó, por ti ya no siento nada De nuestra serie ya no sale en temporada Así que vete lejos, dile al diablo que te envía el ping Hace tiempo que no somos un team Pa'l carajo nuestro aniversario y San Valentín Ya no hay más Cristian Luna y lo trae en satín Sigue lo que está verde, eh. Y tienes la culpa en lo que te muerde Quédate con el perro pa' que de mí te acuerdes Y piensa en todo lo que te pierde Pero te deseo suerte, ahora soy más fuerte Gracias a todo lo que me hiciste, eh. Tú nunca me quisiste porque me insiste, pero te deseo suerte, ahora soy más fuerte Gracias a todo lo que me hiciste, eh. tú nunca me quisiste eh. No sé por qué me hiciste